welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hogan. As someone who grew up in a pretty scarce environment and came out of college with a lot of debt, stuff, and insecurity, I thought that was just the lot I had to deal with in life. After several years of this, I decided that there had to be another way and gave away over half of my stuff, started working on my debt, and began looking at things through a lens that focused on my values and not what I thought others thought I should be doing. This podcast is all about the journey that happens from wanting to wealthy, and I'm so glad you decided to be part of it. Thank you to all of my current and future Patreon supporters. Patreon tiers start as little as a dollar a month, and depending on the tier you choose, you can get discounts to upcoming events and workshops, as well as being part of the community of individuals and families working to change their money story through actions, support, and accountability. If you're ready to become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. So a few months ago, I did a talk about how stress and money um, work together. They um, can play off of each other and that stress can manifest in the body and so on and so forth. And because of kind of switching towards the the end of the year and we have... um, We have a abundance of of people um, making New Year's resolutions and having um, situations in which we may be a little more stressed financially. Um, we probably haven't been eating the greatest because it was just at the end of the holidays, so on and so forth. Uh, I've came back to this um, speech that I had given, and I really wanted to share it with you as my podcast listeners um, in uh, hopes that it'll just help relieve a little stress and that how, and we can talk about how that manifests in the body. So uh, I'm going to talk about a few things. I'm going to talk about the links between your money and your stress, um, how the stress can then affect your health a bit, um, how the stress manifests in the body, and then action steps that you can use to reduce financial stress so then we can help our bodies. Um, This happened to be for a team of um, corrective exercise specialists and their clientele, Uh, but I think it's really important and it'll lead right into the guests that I'm going to have on January 15th um, and and, um, learning more about her and her business. So the link between finances and stress is kind of like a chicken and an egg situation. Um, Really, which came first? Did financial stress cause physical manifestations or did your physical manifestations and physical illnesses then cause financial stress in your world? So um, as one can expect, financial stress is higher among people with chronic illness. And in my uh, slides, which I will give Patreon access to, um, so if you're not a Patreon member, that's where you can get those slides as, as, as a Patreon member. Um, uh, the financial stress is higher among those of us who have a chronic illness. Um, this was 
a lot of a lot of their clientele was chronic illness in in this particular speech um and i have an uh, an autoimmune disease i have hashimotos which definitely manifests in the body um and can cause uh, situations where i can't work to my fullest capacity and because i um, have really flexible businesses that works for me. But if you have a nine to five or shift work or something like that, that can be really hard on you if you can't physically get up to do your job for your shift. But you need to so you can pay your bills. But you can't go to work because you can't physically be there. So then do you have sick pay? Do you have vacation? Do you have something that will allow you to... Um, cover that gap or are you pushing yourself when you really need to be resting to then have uh, to turn it right back around into having to rest more because you pushed yourself too much when your body was asking you to rest so it really is that chicken or the egg which came first did this cause this or this cause this but um they're very, very, very intertwined, no matter which direction you look at it from. And it's really well documented documented that there is a huge link between financial stress and mental health as well, because being financially stressed can cause anxiety and or depression and sleep disruptions, which then cause physical symptoms. And then we go right back to that cycle I just talked about talked about. So um, there's tons of documentation also showing an increase in heart disease and chronic illness as it relates to stress. Um, and finances are one of the many things that can stress us out. So ways stress can present in the body, it could be just general aches and pains, it could be chest pains or feeling like your heart is racing, um, I get panic attacks, um, you can be exhausted or have trouble sleeping, have trouble going to sleep, have trouble staying asleep, headaches, dizziness, shaking, high blood pressure, muscle tension, jaw clenching, you can tell when I'm stressed because my jaw really, really, really hurts typically, it's one of the reasons I don't chew gum is because it hurts my jaw, um, stomach and digestive problems and then all of these things can lead to a weakened immune system that then increases our risk of illness which then creates that whole cycle again if we're super sick can we go to work can we send our kids to school things like that can we make the money we need to pay our bills to get out of the stress cycle to not be back in it so that's just some of the ways that that stress can present in the body so the goal many times is to when you're when you're working on reducing your financial stress and I know I've talked about this in previous episodes is not necessarily to make more money but instead uh, we want to work towards financial wellness. So instead of saying, oh, I just need 500 more dollars or 50 more dollars, what can we do to reduce our expenses so we take some of that pressure off how do we control our day-to-day -day expenses and that includes things like um going to get coffees or oh i'm just going to stop and buy this red bull and you do it four days a week and you do that every single 
uh, week and then that money you don't think about it at, in the time it's just you know a dollar or two dollars but then it really adds up what those things do when we control and shift the way we're working on our financial wellness is it gives us the freedom to choose to choose to live in a smaller home to choose to reduce our bills further to choose whether or not we have to work when our body is saying rest and that gives us the ability to absorb a financial shock. So in our life, we've had a couple of financial shocks recently. One, my husband works in a union. And so in that union, um, they were negotiating a contract and they were locked out for seven weeks. So he didn't have income. Uh, from his traditional job. So when we're expecting that W-2 paycheck um, and then it doesn't come in, that can create a burden if we haven't, and a lot of financial stress, if we haven't set up to work uh, to absorb that. Um, another thing that happened is my husband, um, where we live in the Pacific Northwest, there was a really bad cold front last Friday. And he ended up only working for about four hours, but there was a point at which he was not going to work at all. Um, and and then the choice becomes, and again, can be stressful because we can add so many layers to this. Do we go to work um, because we need the money? Do you um, stay home because that's what's safest for you, that makes sure your car doesn't get into the ditch and now you have car repairs on top of it. You don't have a towing bill, things like that. You don't get injured. Um, do you have um, sick pay or vacation time that you can use? Will your company allow you to use those things? Um, for my husband, he was given the option to either use sick pay or just take um, an excused absent no pay and that's what he did but that's not even so much as four years ago we wouldn't have been able to do that he would have had to go in for as long as he could and then take his sick pay or vacation pay for whatever wasn't covered because we wouldn't have financially have been able to absorb a day's worth of wages okay um but because i could say with certainty hey we're fine don't go into work. It's not safe for you to go into work. Um, we were able to, to reduce that stress, reduce the stress of him um, potentially getting hurt on the way to work, potentially injuring our, our car and then needing repairs on that, potentially, you know, are we going to be able to cover our bills that week? All of those things um, that, that, can create financial stress that can then um, manifest manifest elsewhere. So here's our steps. One, know your finances. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know, because we just weren't taught about money. Like that's one of the reasons that I get to do this podcast and I enjoy doing this podcast so much is because Nobody was generally taught about money in a in a in a active way. I, you've heard me talk about passive versus active. Passive meaning we see and observe what our parents and our family members and other adults around us are doing, and what that um, that creates habits for us. Um, those could be the same habits. Those could be different habits, but 
Um, it creates that active learning is is the actually let's sit down together. Let me teach you about credit. Let me teach you how to make a budget. Let me teach you how to buy a car, how to buy a house. Those things aren't taught to us in general society. So we so so don't be afraid to say I don't know anything because we have to really be intentional about um, going and getting that learning because it's not in our normal standard American curriculum, okay? Um, it's likely that whatever your financial situation is not as bad as you're making it out in your head to be, so you may be stressing out more simply because you're not 100% sure what's happening. My husband, really good at this. He stresses out. He's like, well, we can't do this. It's like, but we can, <laughs> we're fine. Um, but he, he plays it up in his head and then it comes to him not being able to sleep well. He's, he's known for that one. He overthinks right before bedtime and then he can't sleep well. And then he's tired the next day. And then there's a lack of productivity and a whole host of other things that can happen with this, um, stress manifestation. Okay. <clears throat> Remember that when we know better, we can do better. I know more than I did four years ago, which is why what would have been a stressful financial decision for me four years ago no longer is. And you can be in that place as well. So then take a deep breath. Pull all your pay stubs anywhere you get money from, your bills, your subscriptions, pull all of that together and put them in one place. I don't care if they're digital or physical, but get them all in one place, okay? Then you're going to build a budget and you can go back to the budgeting episode as well. So I'm just going to go over a couple of points on building a budget. Um, you can use software, you can use the envelope system, you can use tracking apps. Um, I do a piece of paper and if you sign up for um, our mailing list and I'll put the, that link in the show notes, um, I give you free budgeting templates when you're on the mailing list. If you sign up for that, for that mailing list, get those free budgeting templates. You can write down, just make copies of it and write it down. Um, I do that as well as a spreadsheet because I like having both because I overthink things but um you do whatever works for you if you're overwhelmed by spreadsheets don't use a spreadsheet if you're overwhelmed by um paperwork and trying to keep track of it don't use paperwork use digital stuff um if you are concerned that if you are just swiping a card you're going to overspend use the envelope system which is okay my rent is a thousand dollars so i'm going to put a thousand dollars in this envelope i plan on spending three hundred dollars on food this month i'm going to put that in this envelope i plan on spending um two hundred dollars in fuel i'm going to put that in this envelope and you do that for all of your different envelopes and then once the money's gone out of that envelope that's it uh, or you have to take it from a different category and then you can readjust how much you're putting in each envelope um, the next month, whatever works for you. So um, then you're going to review this budget at least monthly with everyone who is involved in the household comings and goings of money. So if um, you and your spouse work both people need to be involved. If it's you work and your spouse stays home, both people still need to be involved because it's likely that if your spouse stays home, they're the one doing grocery shopping and other bill paying. Um, if 
ideally you would bring your children into this so they would have access uh, and, and kind of see where you're going and what decisions you're making, especially if they're involved in the goings of money, like if they are involved in sports, if they're involved in um, a, an expensive hobby, like me, sports, horses, altogether expensive hobby, um, you know, that is a monthly, weekly expense because we had board and we had grain and hay and things like that we had to pay for. So that was something that needed to be discussed uh, in my opinion, with me while I was younger. So I knew what those costs would be. What was I costing the family? Um, and so anybody who who is involved in the flow of money in your household should be involved in this conversation. Um, so if you have roommates, no kids, no significant other, you guys should still build some sort of uh, roommate budget together. Okay. Cancel subscriptions that you're not using. A lot of us start free trials, free trials on um, apps or free trials on credit monitoring sites or you know, whatever. And then we forget and then we get charged for them. And then it's like drawing, you know, you get three things that are drawing $10 a piece and there's $30 a month that could have bought you uh, you know, half tank fuel that now you can't use because you, you didn't know it was pulling the money in the first place. Okay. Um, automate anything and everything you can. If you can do automatic withdrawals, automatic push into savings, automatic um, contributions into 401ks, do it. Because if we don't have to think about it, it takes the stress off of us, um, which means it's just there. It just does it on its own. Um, you review it, make sure everything's going right, make sure you're not accidentally automating too many things at, or too much money into a savings account, and then you're short and you're getting overdraft fees. Um, but with the ultimate goal that this is a working document, we're going to work, edit, check, review, do it again, and and move things because stuff's always changing. We've got tax returns coming up in the next couple of months. And uh, we may have just gotten extra money this month because grandma gave us money for Christmas, or we may have less money because we, we spent a lot uh, on buying gifts for our family, whatever your case is, um, things change and they change often. So creating a working document is a really, really good choice. Um, okay, step three, get help. The You have a lot of different choices. Um, a financial advisor is a great choice. Uh, it's okay to find the right financial advisor for you or the right helper for you in any of these cases that I'm mentioning. Um, the reason that I say it's okay is because sometimes, especially when we're young, I was totally guilty of this in my 20s. Actually, I wasn't guilty of this. What happened was my boss actually got upset at me that I did this, but we go to someone who knows more than us not necessarily the best person, not necessarily the person aligned with our goals, but someone who knows more or we think knows more than us uh, about whatever topic we're talking about. So my example is um, I was being passed over for a uh, promotion because I never asked my boss questions. And at the end of the day, he, I asked him, I said, why am I getting passed over? And he goes, well, you don't ever ask me any questions. I said, why would I? Why would I ask you any questions when, yes, you've been in this industry longer than I have, but 
you've only been in this area with these people and these customers for six months. Why would I go to you when I have a store manager who's been here for eight years and knows these people really, really well? Why would I go to you when I have a sales rep who knows these people really, really well because he's been a sales rep in this area for five years? Why would I go to you when I... um have these other team members who have been in this area and work with these people because I assume that not every um area not every town not every city not every state is exactly the same in the comings and goings of different types of customers clientele what products they use so on and so forth correct and he said yeah of course i said so why would i go to someone who well knows more than me does not know the most is not the best resource and he thought about it and he said oh, well you know you're right. How about you CC me when you ask them those questions? So my point to that story is really thinking about um, finding someone, whether they're an advisor or a family member or a friend or whatever, find someone who aligns with your goals and is the best expert you have available that you can afford. Okay. Um, and I say aligns with your goals in that um, if your goal is to live in a townhouse in downtown someplace and their goal is to live in a condo on the beach and uh, or live on a farm, you and they're focusing on that, you guys aren't aligned. Or if your goal is to get out of debt and their goal is to um, retire, to get you into retirement, you're not aligned. So you guys are going to be working for two different goals. So make sure that if you say, I want to get out of debt and then I want to do my retirement, or I want to work 25% of my disposable income on getting out of debt and 75% on retirement, they say, cool, let's make it happen. Okay. Um, so they need to be working in your best interest. Okay. And it's okay to fire them. It's okay to find someone better. It's okay if you get a wonky vibe to figure out someone that might work better for you in your situation. Um, it's okay to change your mind, uh, but do what's best for you and your family. Uh, another option would be a trusted friend or family member. When you're using a trusted friend or family member, um, I always suggest that you look for someone whose lifestyle you want, that makes more money than you, or has been in your position and fixed it. Do not go to Uncle Joe if Uncle Joe lives in an apartment and makes $50,000 a year when your goal is to live on a farm and make $100,000 a year. Uncle Joe's not going to know how to get you there. Okay. So, um, and, and so the general rule of thumb is if they are in the same or worse financial position than you are, don't listen to them because they're probably just going to project their insecurities onto you or they're going to project their um, concerns for you onto you. And maybe you have a bigger goal than what they think you're capable of. And so they're going to try and talk you out of it. 
Okay. Um, other places that you can find someone are retirement advisors, credit union. There's a lot of credit union programs, life insurance agents, community programs, veterans programs. There's a lot of different free resources um, where typically you're not going to pay that person directly. You're going to pay them through a life insurance policy or a 401k policy or uh, something like that. It, they're going to get paid third hand, not directly from your hand to them, typically speaking. Um, step four is reducing your spending. Sometimes we've got all of our money allocated and we're just still a little short on cash. So things we could do to reduce spending. Go out to eat less. I have meal prepping podcast episode, um, local, uh, eating local podcast episode, eating on a budget podcast episode, all of those different episodes um, are a really good way to kind of help you with the going out to eat less. It can be a stressor to think, okay, I got to make food tonight and I have to make food every night for the rest of my life. And to just hit the the Grubhub button or to pick up something on your way. I get it. I get it. Um, there are steps you can do to reduce that stress. Uh, go back two episodes to the meal prepping episode, and that'll help you kind of get some steps um, right away that are that can be easier, especially if you have um, several people in your family that can make it a little fun because you guys can work as a group to make food. Um, that can also reduce your spending a lot. Reduce impulse spending. I don't carry cash because if I carry cash, I spend it. And I know that and I spend it on impulse purchases. So if I just don't have cash, then I, I reduce my impulse spending. So that's always a good option. Um, reduce single use purchases. Um, that means instead of purchasing, uh, let's do napkins. Instead of purchasing napkins, um, purchase cloth napkins. So then yes, the, co the, per the cost per napkin initially is going to be more expensive, but instead of throwing them away and then having to buy more every month or every two months, you wash them and then they go back in the drawer and then your cost per use goes down over time. Um, doing things like to get healthy. So maybe you're going to drink more water instead of soda. That can reduce uh, costs. Um, you can do um, maybe going on a walk or doing um, YouTube videos for your gym time instead of uh, instead of going to a gym where the YouTube cost is a little less expensive. Um, that can help not only with those initial costs, but in the long run, getting healthier helps to reduce the need for over-the-counter drugs like um, headache medication, like anti-inflammatories, like getting sick because we're stressed and now we're buying NyQuil and Mucinex and cough drops and all of that stuff. If we're healthier, those things don't happen as often and then our need for over-the-counter medication is reduced. Um, I already talked about cooking at home. Gardening. Gardening can be a great uh, option for a couple of different reasons. One, um, because it gets you out and active. It helps you, your children learn um and and um 
see the practices of eating locally and whatnot. Uh, it reduces the cost of some vegetables and things for you. Um, and uh, so uh, really good options because then you're not spending money to say buy tomatoes and things like that. Um, you can do a cooperative animal purchase. So um, maybe you're going in with two or three other families to buy a cow. Um, the cool part about buying a cow like that is you're helping a local um, butcher. You are, you can ask for the bones, so you can make bone broth and things like that at home. Um, you can get the bones for your dogs, on cows specifically, um, so then you can have like chew toys for your dogs. Um, and then you're getting higher quality product, uh, probably less hormones, maybe prepped the way you want it to, either grass-fed or grain-finished. Um, and then the cost per pound is significantly reduced when you average it over all cuts of meat um, compared to in stores. Uh, and then whatever else you do, maybe you maybe you go to coffee. I like I I like getting coffee uh, while I'm out, and maybe you buy one less coffee a week, and instead of getting using that that five dollars someplace else you put that five dollars in a uh, rainy day fund so when you need to take a day off of work um that's not a stressor of whether or not you can afford to do so and then um step five is is planning so from the past uh from your past um actions uh you can reduce debt so if you're reducing debt, you're paying less in interest and therefore your monthly amount uh, necessary to live goes down. Um, you can manage your spending. So reduce our impulse purchases, things like that. And we can learn from our mistakes, learn from our errors. We are not perfect. We are fallible human beings and we're going to make mistakes, especially as we're learning. And if we don't know any better, we can't do any better. So I guarantee any of us who did not grow up with, say, a finance parent who is showing you exactly how to do this from step one has made some sort of mistake, some sort of mistake in the past, and they are going to um, have to learn from that error, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, for the future, if we automate things like savings, and we start saving for things like emergencies, retirement, and goals, the less stress we become. So automate a minimum if you can start even, okay, I'm going to back step for a second. In an ideal world, you would be putting as much as you possibly can into savings or, or retirement, okay? I do have an, a savings episode as well to go back and listen to. So um, in the ideal world, if you can't, maybe you can save 1% of your income. 1% is better than zero. Um, and have that 1% go off into another account someplace. Um, maybe you do a rounding up program. I know some banks will do that where if you spend, uh, you know, $12.97, it'll dump the other three cents into your savings account every time you spend money with your card. So that might make it easier. Um, savings uh, and I wrote savings and emergencies. So savings is like that thousand dollars. My car needs new tires. My dishwasher broke down. My cat had a vet appointment, a vet emergency, things like that. Emergencies, uh, savings, I'm thinking, um, 
the, your three to five month, three to six month, three months to a year, however long you want that to be of minimum expenses to be able to cover you in case of the loss of a job, COVID, things like that, right? Um, saving for retirement. Many, many, many times that retirement is pulled by your company for you and the company does matches. So if your company will do up to a 5% match, do everything in your power to be able to use and save 5% of your income because then they're going to give you that same amount again. So now it just went to 10% and um, you're getting quote unquote free money. Um, and then saving for SMART goals. SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. Okay. And the idea on SMART goals is they might be I want to be debt-free by the time I'm 35. Uh, I want to send my kid to college for free without uh, out of cost pocket for them. They might be, um, I want to go on vacation. So I'll give you an example for us. Um, my brother moved to Maine uh, real recently, and we have decided that we want to go see him in Maine in um, May. Okay. So now I have a specific goal. We're going to go see my brother for five days in Maine in May. I don't have the exact dates nailed down, but the more specific you can, the better. Measurable. I know when I'm going. I know how much money I will need to save um, based upon what bills are going to be due. What I need to look up to know the full amount of the measurement is what's cost plane tickets? What's the average cost of food over there? How much is our hotel or Airbnb going to cost? Um, and any expenditures for outings or things like that, right? So once I have those numbers, then I have um, a measurable amount that I need to save. Uh, achievable, can I achieve this? Yes. If I'm going to say I want to retire by May, I can't achieve that. It's not, I just can't. So is this something that is within my ability to do? Sure. Um, relevant for me, it's relevant because I want to go see my brother. I haven't seen him since um, last May. Um, but if you don't have anybody or any reason that you want to go to Maine, it's not relevant <laughs> to you. Figure out something that's relevant to you. Okay. And then time bound. If I say May, I have a time limit. Um, if I say soon, I don't have a time limit. Soon to me could be tomorrow. Soon could be six months from now. Soon could be three years from now. So giving it an exact limit will help when we know exactly where things are going, what goals we're saving for, so on and so forth. Um, all of these things are to reduce um, our overall stress, our overall um manifestation, physical manifestation of stress via financial means. If our finances are not stressing us out, we can start taking breath. We can literally sleep better. We can literally breathe. <laughs> we um, can be more present. We can be more focused, things like that. And um, so I just wanted to share this presentation um, because I felt that it was valuable for my podcast community as well. We'll see you next time. 
you so much for supporting myself and the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. For more free content, consider signing up for the monthly newsletter at wantingtowealthy.com slash subscribe. Please share the podcast with someone you think can get value from it and screenshot yourself listening and share it on social media. I would love it if you tag me at Wanting to Wealthy when you do. If you are ready to take the next step for yourself and your financial journey, become a community member at patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. The Wanting to Wealthy podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by myself, Ashley Hogan.